Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hello, and welcome to The Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Allen Scott. There are two things I'm a sucker for. Those 1950s horror meets sci-fi films and stories about complicated relationships between a father and a son, which I guess if you were asking Freud, that's clearly a sign that like I don't have a good relationship with my father, which is true, and I probably see him like an alien from Mars. But you know what? This isn't about me. But what this is about is Hello Tomorrow, Apple TV Plus's new series starring Billy Crudup. Hello Tomorrow is both familiar and something we've never seen before. Crudup plays Jack, a salesman in a retro futuristic United States tasked with selling condos on the moon while his life begins to unravel. On the surface, it looks just like 1950s America, but with futuristic elements like hovering cars and gadgets. The balance of futuristic and sci-fi is, is with a deeply personal story, it's just perfect, it really is. And ultimately, the show inspires a conversation about the American dream, what it means, how we get it, and if it was ever worth going for in the first place. I have to be honest, I was surprised by my chat with Billy. I've been following his career really since the beginning, ever since his star-making turn in the film Almost Famous. He's gone on to be nominated for multiple Tonys, I've seen him on Broadway, and he even won a Tony for Tom Stoppard's The Coast of Utopia, and he picked up an Emmy Award for his work on The Morning Show, also on Apple TV+. But you know what? I was expecting, like, this dashing actor, of course, you know, probably someone who maybe doesn't have, like, a super deep conversation, certainly not a funny one. I was wrong. I was so wrong. Billy Crudup went deep. We talked about our fathers. We laughed at the idea of men being obsessed with balls in the sky. And frankly, I think we're kind of best friends now. Like, I might be best friends with Billy Crudup. Next, I plan on teaming up with his partner, Naomi Watts, to try to convince Billy to join Instagram. It's a mission of mine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it happen. Anyway, go on, grab a snack, because I'll be right back with Billy Crudup. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. It's a great show. I was looking forward to it. I mean, I'm a sucker for like anything 50s theme, but also like that old school sci-fi sort of like 
fifties kind of all what kinds film. of stuff like you know, what you know like anything like like the invaders of from outer space or like oh, any yeah, of those yeah. any of those kind of things like and that's the vibe when i saw the trailer i mean i've seen it since but when i saw the trailer i was sort of suckered in by that like that whole sort of like vibe what about it like first interested you well they did a very shrewd thing uh in the the material itself in the, in the original screenplays, they attached all the iconography. So they had images of these kind of wonky robots and images like um, this sort of emblem for the bright side. Yeah. And you began to become immersed in yeah. this alternate version of an American reality. And I suppose what ended up happening to me is the language and the character, Jack in particular, was so familiar and so um, close to reality from my perspective. And the world itself was so spectacular, but fully realized and alternate. To me, it created this wonderful uh, uh, juxtaposition that has the potential of really illuminating uh, an American human plight uh, in a way that I thought was uh, both uh, familiar and novel. Yeah, it's so, I mean, your character in particular sort of has that, again, to go back to the 50s thing, it has that sort of like, that, like, you know, if, if you just work hard, you can get it and you can sell yeah. anything and you can do yeah. anything. And that's sort of like very, I mean, toxic masculinity <laughs> involved yeah. in sort of the past 50, 60, 70 years. And he has this sort of like breakdown slash like realization, uh, really internal struggle that I I, I thought was really interesting to watch because he's sort of like, he wants to do well, but at the same time, he also wants to be better. We're at a novel moment, you know, uh, I think socially because I'm not a sociologist, uh, but I would expect um, that it's been 25,000 years of a kind of hierarchy uh, that yes, has uh, bears responsibility for civilization. So yeah, thumbs up. Um, But (laughs) We in America have sold ourselves a different story of who we are, this pluralistic land of bounty and opportunity where it is only your gumption and your character and your strength that is going to render any kind of success. Yeah. And that can be a very oppressive thing for people, particularly when you're contained within a society that really doesn't give you upward mobility. I yeah. mean, <laughs> yeah. at least right now the wealth gap has gone absolutely bonkers. Yeah. And uh, so the notion that the people in the middle class have some real agency to, to my frame of mind is a, a fiction, um, mm-hmm. but worse it's a story that people feel is dehumanizing ultimately because when they're not successful, then who the fuck are they? Right. So you're in a, a a, you're in a a country that tells you it's only by the force of your goodwill, your um, the, the strength of your character. um, But there is plenty of opportunity for everybody. And so let's say you gave your best effort to everything and yeah. ended up still in middle management as the best you could do in your 40s. And yeah. your girlfriend of 12 years is yelling at you about why you can't get a flat screen. And meanwhile, <laughs> you know, the sh- stockholders and the president, um, they've got private planes and islands to themselves. Yeah. It can be a, a, a dehumanizing and uh, in Jack's case, emasculating experience because yeah. he doesn't know 
who he is beyond this. And I, I, you know, I feel like I saw that experience with my father Mm -hmm. um, and it had to do with the inheritance of a story. It didn't have anything to do with materially. I mean, he turned to gambling because if you feel like you got to hit it big, that's the gambler's mentality right there. You know, he, he wanted to have his pet rock, but it, yeah, you know, the pet rock only comes around once every uh, fifty years or so. Yeah. So yeah. the um, inventor, it's a you know sort of blind luck. Yeah. Um, the the notion that uh, hard work isn't enough mm-hmm. somehow uh, to me can create a, a, a confusing sense of self and, and yeah. psychology. And it is sort of. I mean, I'm not a parent, but I feel like this is something that like you can kind of get when you are a parent in that there's a line either in the first or second episode, I forget, but when your character is talking to your son and the son doesn't know it yet, but like to your son and says that your problems are going to follow you to the moon, no matter if you go to the moon or not, like the problems will still be there, which for someone like your character and for someone, for a lot of, I think men of that sort of era, you, you do better in life and your problems are solved. Like that's just, that's, that's how it works. And that was the moment when I was like, this character is going to break open and have a breakdown because this is like, if he realizes that this early, something's coming. And he wouldn't have realized it or wouldn't been able to say it if it wasn't his estranged son who was standing in front of him. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think he tells himself the opposite every single day. He wakes up with the notion Vistaville is going to be the town. That's going to be the one that we're going to get all the money we need to realize the potential of this wonderful idea Mm -hmm. of creating um, uh, 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 a haven for working class Americans on the moon. That's like his ideal. And the notion that your troubles are going to follow you, he sells himself out of that idea Mm -hmm. all the time in trying to sell other people on the potential of having hope. So I think you're exactly right. That moment uh, crystallizes what potentially could signal a sense of self-realization, which will lead to some kind of paradigm shift and, uh, Hopefully a dramatic catharsis. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, they got me. The other thing was, and again, you you mentioned the father, like even the things you saw in your own father, but like the father son relationship. And I'm watching it like I I remember in the in a lot of the conversations, I'm I'm remembering back to a conversation with my own stepfather when he was trying. I was trying to learn how to fix my car, like change a tire or something. And he looked at me with this like I had this glossed over like look in my face. I had no clue what was going on. And he was like, you know what? Some people are meant to change tires. You're meant to have AAA. And that's sort of like, and, and to me, looking back on that, I'm like, that was the most sort of like wokeness my stepfather could have in realizing that like, I don't need to be that dude. I don't need to yeah, be the exactly. dude that fixes that stuff. That's and right. Your character, I feel like, is going in that same direction where he realizes he doesn't need to be that dude. I love that example. And if we weren't so attached to the stories that we've been telling each other for so long, and sort of legislating and hiding from some of the actual truth and the fabric of our daily existence. That's what we would be able to do, I think, collectively, I think, is identify and celebrate the ways that our differences are the things that make us stronger. There's not uh, uh, every country in the world hasn't drawn in mutts from everywhere else to try to, you know, aspirationally build a better society. And mm-hmm. Um, I feel as though Jack in his, his best version of himself yeah. is 
a terribly empathetic person and is capable of not just picking a mark for somebody that he thinks can be sold something, but for identifying what somebody's need is, what somebody's Mm. human, uh, psychological, emotional need is. And Jack, like any good preacher or any good priest, knows how to provide existential support. Yeah. Yeah. No, there is something. He's just not offering heaven. He's just yeah. offering a condo on the moon. On the moon. Exactly. Which I mean, to some might be heaven. That is the heaven. Yeah, exactly. It's up there. It's it's in that direction, maybe. Um, if it depend on what you did. But like it, it what's so interesting to me about it, too, is that the aesthetic of it, like I you're you're you know, I've seen you. I've seen you on Broadway before. I, and I, I, I saw that years ago when I lived in New York. So you're a great stage actor. But when you see something like this where the aesthetic of the show is so specific to something that we've seen before, but also something we've never seen. You know what I mean? It's, it sort of gives you both of those things. What did you respond to about sort of the style of the show? Well, it does to me create attention because it's representing materially and metaphorically Mm. America as it once was America as it will be in America as it is now, mm. which is if we don't get our handle on the story we're telling ourselves, we're going to be stuck selling door to door, selling each other bullshit while our lives pass us by. Mm-hmm. And um, there is something comforting, yeah. you know, in the same way that we have comfort food that we know is not going to make us live longer. Yeah. But uh, emotionally, it's nice that it or you know, television shows that we know aren't expanding our horizons or enriching our mind, but Mm -hmm. they feel nice and cozy. You've just described my entire life. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And we all have those. It's imperative. But I think that part of that is a product of living in an aspirational society Mm. that you, you forget the present moment because you're so concerned with the story from the past. That's going to create the imagined greatness of the future. And so the design department was sublime on this from the costume, the production design, the um, um, special effects. And uh, I remember speaking with the costume designer about this one lapel Mm -hmm. and she showed me pictures from the fifties. She said, so we've taken this cut here and what we've done is we've added these flares, which are our imaginative creative idea of creating our own perfect society here. But Hopefully what it'll do, it'll evoke an intuitive response from the audience. Mm. That's both familiar and disconcerting and exciting. So that's what I think Ahmed and Lucas were really wonderful about pursuing, Mm -hmm. which is the actual fabric of the universe is both comforting, aspirational and disconcerting. And you're, you get that from the beginning, from the very beginning. I remember I had, I I watched it the other day and I was doing stuff. You know what I mean? I was like doing my life stuff because I wasn't being present. And I remember there was the moment where the woman who plays your, the mother of your child, she's coming out to pick up the delivery of whatever it is. And I'm thinking like, Oh, I like the dress. I'm looking at the shoes she's wearing. Like I'm looking at all, I'm looking at the aesthetic things. If you can tell I am a homosexual and I'm looking at the aesthetic things of like, I love this woman. And then all of a sudden this thing just backs up over her. And I literally had to stop what I was doing and go, that poor, beautiful woman. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it hit Which, me. That's a great refrain for, in fact, all of these characters, that yeah. poor, beautiful yeah. human being, <laughs> yes. you know, that yeah. you, you, you've dressed up in your fancies 
and just to pick up a package. You're just going to pick up a package, <laughs> yeah. which is probably some bullshit. Yes, exactly. You know, it's probably the next vegetice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. going to like Make chop things a little bit better. Yeah. You know, maybe. Um, totally. And the, the, the randomness of an unpredictability about any life. Yeah. Um, that's, I think, one of the things that I appreciate about what Ahmed Lucas does is there's no safe haven for any of us. Yeah. Life happens. It just, yeah. the more we spend the time wishing mm-hmm. for a better reality, the, in my estimation, the less time we get in reality mm-hmm. and the less chance we have of actually changing reality. Cause you're not living with the constituent parts of your day-to-day life. Yeah. If you're constantly thinking about tomorrow yeah. and you know, for Jack, it's a way of, running from shame and agony that he feels about not just um, not being the responsible husband and uh, parent that he uh, assumed he would always be, but by not being successful, by not having that. um, uh, And by the way, it's financially successful. Let's, let's be clear about what the objectives are in the American dream. Yeah. Um, it's it's a fiduciary mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, compensation which feeds beyond your wildest masculinity, which feeds into the all, whole all of it precisely. Yeah. And uh, who can have a bigger plane, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. Um, it's just that it's it's not unlike his prospect for the moon. It's a chase to nowheresville. Yeah. And um, you know, you can spend your whole life doing it, but what are you actually doing? With also, your life? like, I mean, if you think about it, just on the whole toxic masculinity thing, like. Only dudes would go after a big ball in the sky. Like only dudes. You know what I mean? Like it's not no one no woman, no gay. No, we're not doing that. We're we're like, what are you That's doing? Hilarious. You know? You know, interestingly too, it um and it depends obviously from the vantage point with which you observe America, but I had forefathers that were escaping uh, an oppressive lifestyle that they felt was impeding their sense of accomplishment for whatever, you know, reason. I mean, in, in England, you're born into a certain class yeah. and there's not a whole lot of um, no way out of it movement between yeah. classes, you know, uh, for better or worse. And so one of them that, that uh, um, I, I was told the story of immigrated, he was a, a knife maker and uh, immigrated to like, everything that you would imagine to the new world. Mm. He, he would, um, I believe he immigrated to New Jersey, but it was in like the maybe early 18th century. Mm. And um, the notion was in terms of like, you know, what you said about those pipe dreams, mm-hmm. um, the notion of the, a new frontier is in one way a beautiful human characteristic yeah. to your stepfather's point of view. Yeah. We need some people who have AAA. We need some yeah. people who can change the tire. Yeah. And we need some people to invent hover cars yes. to keep from changing tires. Yes. You know, that though and it's 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 really the collection of all of them that gives us our greatest potential, I feel like. And um yeah. and the absence of that is a part of our story. Like, um, like fundamentally we say it, you know, Oh, we, we, we want a pluralistic society, pluralist, yeah. uh, e, whatever the Latin phrase is out of many one, yeah. uh, yeah. e 
Pluribus Unum. Yeah. Um, but it's painted on, it's graffitied on walls and on uh, yeah. um, our banknotes, but it's not really no. a part of our. Because uh, the only one making uh, money is the guy creating the hover car. That's and it. that's what we're all fighting about yeah. right now, too. You yeah. know, it's like, what does it mean to all be on equal ground? What yeah. does it mean for to have equal opportunity? Exactly. So I appreciate that conversation and mm-hmm. I appreciate aspirational entertainment that hopes yeah. to n- not just entertain you, but uh, move you and uh, yeah, makes you think, make you think. Yeah. Before I let you go, I do have to ask you about your other Apple TV plus show morning show, because I'm obsessed with it. I think it's so Excellent. good. I love that you won the Emmy for it. I think it's perfect. I think, I think everyone else should have won the Emmy for it. It's a great <laughs> show. I, I binge it when it comes out and I get really pissed when there's not a next episode. Are you excited for the next season? And what's it, gonna be like <laughs> well we just finished uh season three just oh, wow. finished shooting it and um i was doing an interview for hello tomorrow about a month and a half ago and somebody asked me that and i started talking about it and pretty soon i got up i got word <laughs> from somewhere else that apparently there was only a few things that i could say and they included um Apple TV Plus is the morning show is produced by Jennifer Aniston. And Reese <laughs> I swear I got the driest. Yeah, yeah. it is. A, um, but here's what I think I can tell you, which is the world and America specifically has experienced some pretty spectacular news stories yeah. over the last two years. Our lives have been shaped by some of the events that have um, uh, happened. And like the other two seasons, the morning show tries to take on every single one of them. (laughs) Uh, So the inertia behind the plot of this season is uh, sizable. Wow. I'm excited. That's exciting. That's nice. Well, I have to. The last thing I have to say is less of a question and more of like a, a comment your partner, Naomi Watts, is amazing on Instagram. I enjoy following her immensely on Instagram. And I feel like you would be, too, if you just took some lessons from her. So I think you should join Instagram because she's very good about it. She had the donut post the other day. I, I tried to like it twice. I unliked and liked it again. It's just it's I think you would be good if you just sort of just like observe her for a week. I, if I had a tenth of the. Uh, agency and energy that she had. <laughs> Who knows what I could do? I might be able to fly to the moon myself. Uh, but there you uh, go, a dude going after the big ball in the sky. It's just full. Some circle. of us have to uh, have AAA, and some people change the tires. <laughs> some of us make Instagrams about donuts. Yes, exactly. Yes. And some of us hide and watch. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thank you for getting the word out about the show. Of course, and yeah. Thank you for taking the time. Of course. Have a great one. Uh, You too. Take care. What did I tell you? Billy is kind of funny and awesome. I mean, we always knew that he was great, but like, I didn't know he was that great. Yeah, I was very surprised. I hope you enjoyed the interview. And thanks for listening to Newsweek's Parting Shot. You know, go leave a little rating and review. It would really help the show a lot and it would help me a lot. And I appreciate you for doing it. And for the latest news and podcasts, head to Newsweek.com and follow Newsweek on all the social platforms. And while you're at Newsweek.com, Go subscribe to Newsweek's For the Culture newsletter. It comes out for me every Tuesday and Thursday. It's really great. You're going to love it. Until then, watch something fun and have a great day. 
After being a staple in American media for over 90 years, Newsweek now brings you an exceptional lineup of podcasts. The debate. They'll recognize how these policies aren't working. They'll feel the pain and they'll change their behavior. The Josh Hammer Show. Restore the principles and the political paradigms of the American founding. The Crystal Knight Show. Just because officers are black doesn't mean that the policing system still isn't inherently racist. Fast women. Chevy's actually doing really well and Honda's really not. Wow. It's like the opposite of most people's perception of them. It is. The parting shot. Every year when the new nominations are announced, I get this excited, nostalgic feeling and it brings out that little kid in me who just loved movies. The Royal Report. Harry and Meghan's head of comms has announced they now move forward to their kind of future outside the royal family. Newsweek Podcasts. New episodes drop weekly. Download or listen now at newsweek.com or wherever you get your podcasts.